Hi, I'm Jean Godfrey-June, and this is Megan O'Neill. And we are the beauty editors at Goop. You're listening to the Goop's newest podcast series, The Beauty Closet, where we talk about some of the best beauty experts in the business about everything. And we answer all your beauty and even beauty-ish questions. I'm psyched about today's guest. She knows everything there is to know about lipstick. Red lipstick, which when I saw, I first saw her book, it's called Red Lipstick, I wondered if I would want to know everything about lipstick. But her book (laughs) and talking to her today turned out to be so interesting, so funny. Rachel Felder is the beauty, culture, and fashion writer for the New York Times, also the Financial Times, Travel and Leisure, many other publications. Her newest book, I think she she has a total of maybe like five, is called Red Lipstick, an Ode to a Beauty Icon. Yeah, run, don't walk to get it. I'm not even really into lipstick, and I'm totally into this book. And it's also beautiful with gorgeous pictures. Like, it'll make the best present. We'll get to Rachel and her really funny outlook in just a few minutes. First, we've got to tell you about the blow dryer we're dying over at the Goop offices. Seriously, everyone is like the Dyson. Obsessed. (laughs) A big thank you to our friends at Dyson who are making this whole podcast possible. We're all a bit tech-obsessed here at Goop. And when we fall in love with a product, we appreciate its incredible engineering. And the Dyson Supersonic Hair Dryer gives us a lot to appreciate. It's the fastest drying because it's made with a digital motor that's incredibly powerful, plus an intelligent heat control feature that protects against extreme heat damage and boosts shine by up to 132% and smoothness by 75% compared to naturally dried hair. It's brilliant for every hair type, and I love how luscious, silky, and defined my curls feel after I go over them with the Dyson Supersonic. I use the diffuser attachment. When my friends with straighter textures use the smoothing nozzle, the shine and the bounce is just amazing. When I want to switch it up and wear my hair straight, an urge I get once in a blue moon, the new wide tooth comb attachment is excellent for that. And Dyson engineered the dryer so the motor is ingeniously located in the handle, which makes the entire dryer much, much easier to use. It just rules. To learn more about the Supersonic, go to Dyson.com slash Beauty Closet. How goes it, Jean? Hey, Megan. Okay, so she's got amazing lipstick tips, but one of my favorite things about Rachel that she really opens up about in this episode is how you won't ever see her not wearing lipstick. She even wears it to the gym and even when she's at home alone writing to meet a deadline. It's so glamorous. I can't stand it. I know. I want to be glamorous. I want to be that glamorous. Her tip about making lipstick last through a date is pretty hilarious. When she starts talking about (laughs) blowjobs. I feel like that's something that everyone wants to know about and no one wants to ask. And I'm really happy we went there. We did go there. (laughs) (laughs) And I also loved her tip about how to do a perfect smooth application of lipstick. I'm totally inspired to wear some lipstick this weekend. And now you know what to do if you start feeling romantic. Oh, my God. Anyway, what would you wear red lipstick with? A different head. If I had a different head, I'd wear – if I had a different head, I'd wear it with a leopard coat, black heels, and glowy skin like Kate Moss back in the day. But reality for me involves no leopard and no lipstick. No red lipstick. (sighs) My God. Okay. Let's get into our conversation with Rachel. Hey, Rachel, we are so excited to talk to you today. And the first thing I know we both want to ask is, why lipstick? Why not eyeliner? Why not lip gloss? Yeah. Like, how'd you get interested in beauty? And then how did it 
go to lipstick. Right. Okay. Well, and the question really is why red lipstick? We'll get to Mm -hmm. why lipstick and why red lipstick too. Well, I have always been obsessed with fashion, beauty, and music in equal parts. And red lipstick for me personally was the merger of the music and the fashion to a degree and the beauty. When I was a teenager and I started wearing makeup, like many of us do <laughs> at that age, I the look was very fresh-faced and clean. And uh, women were supposed to have little narrow lips and wear kind of like Ooh. pinkish lip gloss. Narrow and, lips. Uh, you know, uh, uh, narrow yeah, lips that was an interesting time. Well, as opposed to my super wide, full lips, which mm-hmm. the opposite of that. Okay. So I just didn't fit into that image of what you were supposed to look like. And I was super into punk rock music, so that was a big influence on me as well. And so I decided, instead of feeling bad about my full lips, to kind of own my full lips. And my role models in that era were, both in beauty and fashion, Uh women like Susie Sue and Debbie Harry that wore the bright lipstick as, as a symbol of power and rebellion and conscious rebellion against the status quo. Mm. And I think that's how I felt in a way. So I had a a period of alternating between orange and hot pink and magenta, anything that was really pronounced. Yeah. But red looked sophisticated as well. Red was unlike every other extreme color because it made the statement, but it was confident and like classic and modern at the same time and very fashiony in any setting it still is yeah, i mean yeah. you know i cuz i feel like personally i don't always dress so fashionably and i wear pretty much no other makeup but with the red lipstick everybody is always like oh you're so chic and that's just the red lipstick just doing its the, job yeah. yeah so good it's good yeah and so over the years, I've written about a lot of different things, including music and uh, all sorts of things, actually. And then about 15-ish years ago, I really began to focus on style, beauty, fashion, accessories, all that. I think ultimately that's a huge thing for me. And the music, I write about occasionally. I still love it. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Are there any, I'm trying to think of people, music people today, is there anybody who's like Red lip rocks around. Yeah, like Jenny, Taylor Swift. I guess Taylor Swift, Rihanna. Hello, yeah. she oh, likes yeah. red lipstick, totally. right? I would say there's a woman. She's not that well known, but she's incredible. Named Jenny Beth from a band called Savages. Mm-hmm. She looks unbelievable in red lipstick. Yeah, I mean, you see it, you know. And then there's artists like um, Shirley Manson from Garbage that often wears red lipstick, for example. Yeah. And are you like a matte red? Like, what's your favorite red? You, right. you have a matte right now on. I have a matte on right Shocking now. Shocking bright red. I guess so, yeah. It's always good to talk about visual things on a podcast. Let's go <laughs> there. So uh, the challenge for me in speaking about my book is everybody wants to know what's your favorite lipstick. And I like to be very Switzerland because I write about beauty products and I try to be neutral. Yeah. And I do, to be honest, have a wardrobe. And I always suggest to people to have a wardrobe because – You want to think about your setting. You want to think about what you're wearing. You want to think about the context, the weather, your mood, occasion, all of it. So to answer your question, yeah, I'm wearing a matte one right now. I veer towards matte because, as I say, my lips are very full. And for me, I think that's the most flattering version. If it were glossy, it would just go off the charts. Right, right. (laughs) And also, you know, on a weekend, you have a different, at least I do, have a different feeling about smudging and bleeding than I do on a work day. Yeah. But on the weekends also, I find a very matte lipstick 
looks a little bit too intense. It's like so, professional. And you're like, it's the weekend. Exactly <laughs> right. Exactly right. And then like if you're on the beach, it looks ridiculous. Right, I've been yeah. there. Right. So I often veer towards something a little bit more semi-matte or even creamy for weekends and for, off duty. Cool. Well, sort of following up on that, how do you get the the perfect application? Like red is, yeah. it's, it's difficult to you know, to not bleed to and to just look its best. Like, are there tips that you have for like ideal application for making it look best, also making it last or, you know, that... I have tips for all that, and I also have so tips good. on how to deal with date night. Oh, that we, was we a lot of have that. Ask about We're that. like, how do you yep. freaking kiss? Oh, let's, yeah. let's, go, let's go to the head of the line. Date, yeah. okay. date okay. night okay. is first. So I have vast experience <laughs> in this department, and now whenever I'm on date night, I'm always like, oh, yeah, this is professional research. I got to do this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I carry in my bag wipes, okay. like not the creepy antibacterial wipes. Uh-huh. I keep yeah. really good quality face wipes that you would use to wash your face with. Yeah. And I highly recommend bringing those if you're going on a date. But the best way to have lipstick stay on for a long time, which is in part the answer to the application yeah. question is, first of all, you need a lip that's really exfoliated and in good shape. So if you're planning like on the night, the night before, I do a scrub, yeah. As you guys know, there's gazillions of lovely Mm -hmm. ones on the market, but I sometimes just mix sugar and water in my palm or Mm -hmm. sugar and oil. It's cheap and it works. And the same thing as... (laughs) Right, exactly. It's the same thing as the expensive one. Why not? And then, uh, so you put that on, take it off, and then I sleep in a gargantuan amount of lip balm. And I also say to people... It's, I think it's less about the expensive price tag and more about the the amount you use. You need quite a lot to Ooh. really do the difference. You just, like, I think slather it on yourself. Yeah, I mean it's almost like a lip mask the way that I put it on at night. Okay, so when you wake up, and do you put it on past your lips or just on your lips? Well, I like to be kissed beyond my lips, so I actually go beyond <laughs> the lip line. Okay. Yes, but I think that that's I wouldn't get too fussy about that. I, okay, right. and then uh, so you wake up usually with gorgeous, you know, soft lips, uh-huh. and then what I do is if I really want the lipstick to stay, I put lip liner on the whole lip. Okay. I do not put foundation on my lip or powder. You hear that? Yeah. It messes with the finish. It messes with the color. I Mm. would say don't do that. And And does the lip liner, sorry to stop you, but mm -hmm. does the lip liner, does it match your lipstick or is it a more neutral tone? No, you want to match it unless you want to play with color. Mm -hmm. I mean, for example, when I put on foundation or tinted moisturizer, I personally go for a shade lighter than my skin because uh-huh. I like the Snow White vibe. Uh-huh. So if you okay. want... What you want. It's what yeah, you want. Yeah. Right. So okay. you could play with color like that if you wanted. But yes, if you like the color of your lipstick, you want the lip liner to be the identical shade. You fill in the whole lips. You put on the lipstick. Matte will last longer. You blot. Then you put on a second coat. Now, mm-hmm. I have a friend who does this trick, and I'm going to try to articulate it properly, <laughs> where you stick your finger in your mouth after oh. you put on the lipstick and like centered as if it's like, well, I'm thinking of a, a lot of colorful things, like, like a lollipop. And then lollipop. you pull it out. right? Uh-huh. And she, she swears that that oh, takes that off any residue. I guess so. And it takes uh-huh. off any residue. I don't do that. I will say the liquid lip that's gotten very popular over the last couple of years, the liquid lipsticks, uh-huh. Those stay on a long, long time. Those are very long-lasting. But you, what you just said made me think of it. The applicators are f- challenging. Uh-huh. And I think it's hard not to get it on your lips, which is not really ideal. Your but teeth, you mean, On yeah. your teeth, yeah, rather. Yeah, yeah, yes, I'm yeah. sorry. On your teeth. You want it on your lips, duh. Yeah, but awesome. on your teeth, yeah. So, so that's my technique. And then... 
you have to, if you're a red lipstick wearer and you're going to make out with someone, embrace the schmear of the lipstick and you have to be with a man that likes but, it. Okay. Right. That's yeah, what it is. Like, if red lipstick is your signature, you're right. probably with a man that likes red lipstick. Totally. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. And, and if it's an issue, you yeah. can just take it off before you begin the smooching. I've done that before, too. But can and, that interrupt the flow of things? Well, okay. So it goes both ways. So my red lipstick for me is so much a part yeah, of me yeah. that it's rare that people see me without it. So Actually, oddly, I've realized that for me, that step of taking it off before the kissing, boy, I hope my daughter's not listening to this, but because uh, of all the dating advice I've given her, this has not been on the list. But for me personally, if I take off the lipstick, it's like taking my shirt off. It's really it's like intimate, intimate okay. for Ooh. me. So actually, if you're someone who always wears pronounced lipstick, that is a private thing and 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 almost announces like i'm ready i trust you like this that is cool that's sexy it's sexy yeah if you look at it like that it's sexy yeah yeah getting back to sort of the the book even like what was the weirdest historical fact that you learned sort of doing the research for the book your book is full of so much incredible history about red lipstick and so yeah I want to know what what really sticks out in your mind is the craziest I mean I learned a lot that was the surprise of the book for me I came in feeling like I was a know-it-all I've written about beauty for so many years I've worn red lipstick for so many years and I learned a lot of quirky crazy things I mean I don't know if it's really answering exactly your question yeah but the heaviest thing I learned in the book was the story about World War II and the concentration camps and that I didn't know And that story is that at the end of World War II, there was a concentration camp that the British military freed. And when the British soldiers went in, at the same time, the British Red Cross sent in cartons of red lipstick. And there were women there that had nearly died, of course. I mean, there were Mm -hmm. plenty of women there that sadly did die. But there were women there that died, and they were emaciated and shaven heads and barely hanging on to life, and the British Red Cross decided that sending in lipstick would give them instantly at least a tiny feeling that things were back to normal and and help them sort of regain their identity at least a little bit. I did not know that. Yeah, so I didn't know that either. I didn't know that Hitler hated red lipstick, so... (laughs) He did? He hated it, yeah. So he felt (laughs) that it was like uh, too much artifice, I guess, that it was not pure and fresh looking enough. Oh my God. Right. And and I knew before working on the book that during World War II, wearing red lipstick was a patriotic gesture because it was this era where women were, it was a truly feminist era actually, where men went to war and things were rationed and women had to go and work in, in capacities the- they never had before. And wearing the red lipstick then was this, because the only color of lipstick then really was, was red. red. Different iterations of yeah. the red, right. So... They wore it to show, you know, patriotism and that they were still women, but they were doing the job and they were still attractive, even though their men were at war. But I didn't realize that there was this undercurrent of rebellion against Hitler because he hated the red lipstick. But there was. Yeah. So cool. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) What about some of the 
toxins that have historically been in lipstick. Did you look into that at all? I did. I mean, the ingredients of red lipstick have been very complicated and bizarre over yeah. the, the centuries. <laughs> Cleopatra, for example, was really into her red lipstick, and hers was made out of ground beetles. Right. And ground beetles, it's you know, that is thing, still right? used. Yeah. Exactly right. Exactly right. And then some of Queen Elizabeth I's makeup was made out of lead. More her face makeup than her lipstick or her lip coloring. But, you know, you got to figure that if you put lead on your face every day, that, you know, there is going to be less, right? Exactly. (laughs) Your Um, skin might not be looking so good. You might need a little more makeup. (laughs) Indeed. I mean, you know, the concern today, which is completely a valid one about ingredients overall and lipstick ingredients and a feeling that if you're vegan, you know, the ingredients should be vegan. And Mm -hmm. if you're avoiding certain things it's good to avoid them in your lipstick as much as anything else. That's completely valid. Yeah, we're certainly a goop very... Very passionate about it in all beauty products. Not just well, absolutely. But in lipstick, that's a comparatively newish thing. Yeah. I think, And I think it's a really positive development. Yeah, because there's, there's great brands that have managed to make beautiful color, incredible yeah. texture, and th- without all the chemicals and the, the other ingredients that people object to. So it is a good time for clean, non-toxic lipstick. <laughs> that's right. Without all the crap. Perhaps that's the technical yes, term for all, all the that crap. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just, just the good stuff. Exactly. You mentioned like Debbie Harry and some some people from, from that time. Who are, do you have other lipstick icons? Are they all from that time? Or are you like, do, are there just icons that you look to that were just like, that's that's what lip, red lipstick is all about, this woman, you know? <laughs> well, there was no way I could do this book and not include pictures of people like Marilyn Monroe uh-huh. and Elizabeth mm-hmm. Taylor because you think of them immutably with the red lipstick, and it's an era when the red lipstick was so glamour pussy, yeah. you know? And, yeah. and I think that for the average woman, myself included, when you're standing in the mirror and you put on the red lipstick you do have this feeling that you're tapping into that glamour, that glamorous mindset. And I think those movie stars are really, you know, Icon, although it's the subtitle of my book, is Uh is an overly used word in a lot of ways. But those women really deserve to be called icons. For sure, for sure. That's that's cool. Did you learn any good tips for making your lips look fuller? I know that's not your personal (laughs) (laughs) issue, but for women who are like struggling in the other direction, just the color makes your lips more noticeable and look bigger, right? But are there other, I mean, other tips that you learn? Well, I'd say that your lips tend to look fuller in something with some shine than something matte. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing to think about. You talked about lip liner. You know, if you put the lip liner outside a little bit, that's a way to gain a little bit of volume. Yeah, that's tough though. That can look crazy. It can look crazy. Especially if it yeah, like you have to be kind of skilled to do that, I feel like, yeah. to not look like a clown. Well, I agree with you. But, you know, the thing about today's world, which is different from the era when I was a teenager and I first started to wear the red lipstick, is we beautifully live in an inclusive world. And I use the word beautifully intentionally as the pun, meaning mm-hmm. kind of emotionally beautifully and also physically beautifully. And the idea that you can embrace what you look like, no matter what that is, if you ask me, should include lips as much as anything else. And along the way, because I've been doing book tour dates and speaking to a lot of women, yeah, you know, you, you hear some women say, I can't wear red lipstick. Mm-hmm. And yeah. some of them do have that feeling that their lips are thin and they don't want to accentuate that. But, you know, if you choose like a soft tinted red lip 
stain. Mm-hmm. That's not really about the thickness or fullness of your lips. That has more of like a soft wash of color than anything yeah. crazily impactful. Okay. And yeah. what about like undertones? Does that matter? Because you hear makeup artists say like a, a blue-red flatters dark skin. But is that a real thing? Or oh, is it yeah. like who cares? Wear whatever you want. Well, I mean, actually, it's kind of both. So <laughs> so I'm going to speak from my own th- complexion. Yeah. So I look best in a blue-red. Unquestionably, I look best in, in a blue-red because of the undertones of my skin. But on a hot summer day, an orangey-red looks awesome with like a little, you know, sundress. Right. And when it's really cold out, a burgundy tone looks amazing. Hmm. So again, I like the idea of a wardrobe, and I don't like this idea that it's so prescriptive that you can only wear this. That yeah. seems rather goopy too, actually. Yeah. Be, right? So I would say if you're not sure what your right tone is, the best thing to do is to go somewhere to a beauty store that has a lot of colors you can play with. So I would say more of the, I don't like to recommend, but more of the kind of Ulta, Blue Mercury, Sephora, Target, Walmart, whatever, something multi-brand versus one brand, you know, and, and just play. And it's nice to get advice from staff, but I think as women, it's really important for us to own what we ourselves know is most flattering. Yeah. And maybe that's not what's most flattering on paper. And maybe you just got your hair dyed and it's a different color than it was Mm -hmm. six months before, you know, in terms of lipstick and the hair on your head. So, and all that's fine. You got to play. You got to play. And I think one really good way to do it is to go somewhere super affordable and just play for a long time and make some errors and if it's not expensive you won't feel bad you can try and it out just for try a couple of days. yeah i was lucky enough <laughs> years ago a brand sent i think it was 40 shades of red and i was like this is my chance I'm going to find out. I'm going to find a red because I look, I just don't look good in red lipstick. I feel like you would look great in red lipstick. Every day. Yeah. It, was, it was when I was at L. It was a thousand years ago. And every day I would put on a new one and I'd be like, okay, guys, what do you think? And they'd be like, sorry. And I went through the entire 40. And I'm always nothing? like. Nothing? Nothing. Not like a burgundy-ish? I mean, I, I, I can wear a burgundy-ish. Right. Although... I once did that and I went on TV for something and I was wearing like a more pronounced lipstick. Yeah. And and it was, you know, I think it was like it was some big TV show at the time. And so everybody saw it and they all said the same thing. They were like, oh, you wore lipstick. Yeah. It's not your <laughs> uniform. Right. I mean, on the <laughs> other hand, hard. and I want I always want to try it out. And the only the like I have this one from Kosas called Rosewater that's like lip color, like truly lip color. And it like it. Gives me a little zhuzh, yeah. That one but is like, like your color. When I try to go, when I try to go even like a shade darker from that, I'm like, am I me? And I'm always. It's just hard for some people. It's hard for me. Yeah. But you wouldn't wear it on like if you were going out to a black tie event. You wouldn't put on lipstick. I. It's weird. I always end up going with with not. And I. Wow. It's just me. I feel like I, I'm a really expressive talker, and I'll just like work it all onto my teeth in like a matter of minutes. <laughs> like I'm, I guess I'm apprehensive about that, but I, right. I love the look of a lipstick. I just right. think it's so you and know whether you, like it's glamorous or like a you know a Kate Moss vibe. Right. Like, yeah. Well, we were kind of wondering about that actually. The as far as there's two styles like broadly yeah. of people wearing a red lip. There's you, people that are that are sort of got a classic, perfect, they maybe look like they're wearing more makeup. 
You know, yeah. they've got some eyeliner. They've clearly got some kind of powder or foundation. And then, you know, and I think of like a Grace Kelly or someone mm-hmm. like that. And then, then on the other side, you have almost like Kate Moss used to do it or Carolyn Bissett, mm-hmm. you know, with this, with this clean face and just a swipe of lipstick. Yeah. Right. Different vibes. Different vibes. Equally appealing, but like different people. Well, like- Absolutely. And also different settings. You know, it's like you have to wear what's comfortable for you. I don't like to do anything but the lip. I mean, I'll put on a little mascara, but that's about it. You know, on me, it looks too much. But But on someone else, it's great. You know, but it's funny in in doing the promotion for the book because I've realized certain things about myself. Like, for example, I do a lot of phone interviews, and sometimes I do them with people who are in Europe or Japan or somewhere with a very different time zone. Yeah. So a lot of times I do them in my pajamas. <laughs> I've never, ever done a phone interview without putting on red lipstick. No way. Isn't that crazy? about that. Yeah, we did. We were like, do you, if, you're, if you're writing, do you, you know, Always at home? alone in your house. I If I'm writing alone in my house... If it's a weird hour, like a phone interview, I still have the red lipstick on, like with pajamas. Yeah. But if I'm just writing, even if I'm dressed super casually, always the red lipstick. I have never left my house without it. I won't. I go to the wow. gym with it. Really? Yeah. Actually, the story that, that is I interesting. yes, the story I told at the first uh, like you know t- book talk around this book, people liked this story, but it's a tiny bit name droppy. So I make the disclaimer that I'm really not oh. trying to name drop. Gotcha. We're, <laughs> okay. We're- We're on board. Excellent. Okay, so I was, I'm happy to say, and he's super duper much missed, I was very, very close to the singer Jeff Buckley, who was the most lovely guy. And we we used to live quite near each other. And I used to swim in the morning. And I mean, I still work out, but I used to always swim. And I'm an early riser, so I would always leave the house quite early. And of course, I had the red lipstick on. Uh So one morning I was leaving the house, and it was wintertime, and I was... And I had on my bathing suit and messed up hair and red lipstick and an overcoat. And that was it because I was walking to the, the to the pool. Right. And it was about 6 a.m. And I bumped into Jeff Buckley, who was on his way home from the evening. <laughs> nice. And he was convinced I was on the walk of shame. Oh. <laughs> convinced. Would not take no for an answer with a gazillion questions of like, who were you with? And, you know, and uh, right. And were you so, like, look, my bathing suit, though. I, I, it was so cold. I didn't do that. And I think at some point it sounded it seemed more alluring to just keep him guessing so yeah Yeah. but yeah no I never ever leave the house without it wow yeah it's um and I have really nice mirrors so if I'm out for a meal I can put it on at the table afterwards that's kind of a sexy gesture I think it's super sexy because someone asked me to talk recently about how to prevent the lipstick traces on a cup and I said, oh, no, 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 you want the lipstick traces. And although I am hugely anti-smoking, thumbs down to smoking, yeah. <laughs> I do miss that era where you'd see the ashtrays oh, with, with the, the women's cigarette yeah. butts and they were yeah. red. I just thought that there was the coolest glamour. thing. It right? is cool. So, yeah, no, I think that there's elements of the red lipstick because it is so powerful and so feminine in equal parts that the more little traces you can leave of it, the better. It's so sexy. It's like, I mean, it's my <laughs> most used emoto- emoji, obviously, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but it should just be everybody's most used emoji. Do they have different shades of lipstick emojis? I'm sure they do. They must, right? The, like, 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 you know. The one on my email is more pinky red than mm. the bright orangey red on my phone. So maybe they do. Let's take a quick break and then we'll get right back to our conversation with Rachel Felder. 
At Goop, we're obsessed with beauty products and tools that really truly work to make you look like you, but better. It's the reason we're so into Dyson's supersonic hair dryer, which is something of a feat of engineering. It dries hair super, super fast. It has the fastest digital motor and a special air multiplier technology. There's even an intelligent heat control technology that protects hair from extreme heat damage and amps up natural shine all at once. In fact, the dryer helps boost smoothness by 75%, shine by up to 132%, and decreases frizz by up to 61% compared to naturally dried hair. And oh my god, I feel like my curls are extra shiny and silky after using it. My texture is a bit coarse and a bit kinky, and when I go over my entire head with the diffuser attachment, it leaves my curls feeling defined, smooth, and insanely soft with less frizz. There's an amazing smoothing nozzle that my friends who wear their hair straight love, a new wide-tooth comb attachment to help shape textured hair, a style concentrator for precision styling, and a new gentle air attachment for sensitive scalps and fine hair. So really it works brilliantly, no matter what your hair type. It feels steady and natural in your hand, which isn't surprising since it was ingeniously designed with the motor and the handle to balance out the weight. This thing is amazing, and it's really changed our lives over here at Goop. To learn more about the Supersonic, go to Dyson.com slash Beauty Closet. Okay, let's get back to our chat with Rachel. I'm interested in sort of how lipstick fits into fashion. I certainly, in writing about as a beauty editor writing about trends every year, you're like, well, this year, you know, it's green eyeshadow, Uh, you know, and those, a lot of those trends don't get followed so much. And I feel like lipstick is the one directional thing that like when it's like really like a, you know, a dark burgundy year, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody's like, oh, I suddenly feel chic. I can just buy this one thing and it, it puts me in the, you know, in the stream of fashion. Why do you think that is? And and do you feel, you know, you you write about fashion and and beauty all at once. How how what's that relationship? Well, they go hand in hand in a lot of ways, and lipstick is a reflection of the zeitgeist always, and that's something that I talk about in the book in depth. I think that there are some types of makeup that will never be out of fashion, even though you'll always read periodically that red lipstick is in fashion and a cat's eye is in fashion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. Do you, like when four did it layers go out? of black yeah. mascara. Like, those things will <laughs> never go out of style, right? Yeah. And red lipstick is more always unquestionably chic than pretty much anything else. Because if you go to fashion events, always you'll see more women in red lipstick than not. It's just the Mm -hmm. de facto color of fashion. But to answer your question more deeply about lipstick versus other products and fashion, there's something about lipstick that you can wipe it off so easily and that it's inexpensive. And even the crazy colors don't seem so unimaginably crazy. Like there was that period a few years ago with the yellow lipsticks Mm -hmm. and the blue lipsticks and the green lipsticks. Mm -hmm. And I knew a lot of pretty conservative women that at least tried that out. It seemed really not a big deal. But then I've tried to encourage female friends of mine to try, for example, red eyeliner, and they uh-huh. think I'm crazy. Uh-huh. And I like sometimes to wear, and maybe it's it's a, there's a correlation with the red lipstick. Every couple of years, the burgundy mascara comes back into uh-huh. vogue, yeah, and I actually sure. love wearing that. In the winter, I just think it looks cool. And most of my female friends think that it looks like you have conjunctivitis. <laughs> so, so... so 
and perhaps that's some of it that that something like a green eyeshadow, for example, mm-hmm. seems more committal oddly than a lipstick. And yeah. don't forget that the price of lipstick is not that big, and that most women are accustomed to having a bunch in a drawer they don't wear. Mm-hmm. So the idea that you're going to spend seven, eight, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five dollars on a tube of lipstick and not wear it out till a brutal end is something that most women are pretty accustomed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. very true. Yeah. That's what true. about what about women in fields like academia and medicine who don't necessarily feel so comfortable wearing a, a bright red lip and and feel like it you know it, it doesn't their colleagues don't take them as seriously. Right. I mean, that's that's valid. Absolutely. But there's all different kinds of red. I mean, mm-hmm. the red that I'm wearing today, for example, is super strong. I think that any professor in the world or doctor could wear like a burgundy stain and mm-hmm. no one would think twice. You know, that just looks like a somewhat more pronounced lip that looks like a more deliberate lip, but that doesn't look showy or like you're about to go for a night on the town. I actually think personally that looks quite serious. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of think it comes from, you know, people being so feminine that showing your femininity used to be unprofessional. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Right. And that, you know, hopefully is changing. That's it. Actually, so the book is dedicated to my grandmother. My grandmother was the most unbelievable genius of a woman and she worked until the day she died at age 85 after she put on her mini dress on her way to work at age 85 and she she was amazing right and she wore red lipstick every day and it wasn't just a hark back to an era like I guess maybe some people would she just looked great in red lipstick and wore it every day and she actually ran nursing homes like her job was not anything in the fashion world yeah and she always wore red lipstick and looked super chic. And I think some of it was that she had quite a commanding presence, so could just very easily pull that off. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I have another question that goes back to people who have a hard time wearing red lipstick. When you're you're going to try it on and trying to, to find, you know, you talked about going to a store. You know, I always find that store lighting can be really difficult in terms of, you know, is there, is there an ideal light to really tell how you're going to feel in that lipstick? Well, I mean, look, it's a very glaring light, but don't forget all our smartphones have a flashlight. And Mm -hmm. if you really felt like you needed a bright light on you, you could hold it above you and try Hmm. on the lipstick. But you also, I mean, to be fair, if you... I actually love all different price points of lipstick. I love cheapies as Uh much as I like super expensive ones. If you decided you were going to earmark... $15 and you went to a drugstore or, you know, you could get a lot of lipstick to play with and not, and play with it in all different lights and not feel bad if only two colors out of eight worked. True. Mm. Are there, have you ever gotten any great makeup artist tips about lipstick? In terms of... Well, it's funny that you say that because I interviewed a very famous makeup artist a couple (laughs) months ago and I was telling him the technique that I was explaining about the lip liner and the exfoliation and he gave me the thumbs up. Oh, so good. The other thing I didn't mention about red lipstick that I should is I encourage people to cocktail and I often cocktail. And people sometimes ask me what color I'm wearing and I don't like to endorse brands. So I often will mention that I cocktail, which is completely true. I mean, it's an elegant skirt of the issue, but it happens to be true as well. And 
if you can't find the right shade or if you do that experimentation and you have colors that don't work, I really strongly suggest that people cocktail and you can do that in the palm of your hand or you can Hmm. get a little palette and then you really can come up with your shade. And can you mix by doing just swiping twice? I or mean, is that you not could, so? but that's not the best way to do it. Okay. I would actually say you'd be better off. I mean, when I put on my lipstick in the morning, I don't use a brush. I mean, I can put on my yeah. lipstick with, literally with my eyes closed. But if I was going to use a brush, that would be fine. And if I was combining two colors, I would absolutely mix in something in that something. you would, you know, re-describe as a palette and then use a brush or your finger. Hmm. Yeah, I had a boss that said that any two lipsticks, if you mix them together, would look good on anyone. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> she was like... Freewheeling just, advice. Yeah, very free. Like she was wow. just like, just mix two together. It'll look great. Doesn't matter what color they are. <laughs> How amazing. But, you know, you mentioned academia and there's something that I would like to add, which yeah. recent was a recent thing that I had never really thought about. So um, recently I was speaking to a psychology professor and he was very interested in hearing my thoughts and findings on red lipstick. Yeah. Mm. And we got talking about my own experience with lipstick. And without even thinking about it, I said, well, you know, when I put on the red lipstick, it's more about my self-esteem than what someone looking at me feels. Right. And for many women, I think the lipstick is as much about how it emotionally makes you feel as what it really looks like on your lips. And Mm -hmm. for the book, I interviewed quite a lot of scientists, actually, who had analyzed the effect of red lipstick on viewers, but also on wearers. And it does, yeah, and it does make most women, when they put it on, feel, yes, sexier, but also stronger, specifically the red. Yeah. And, And I know for myself, in some ways, it feels like armor, like for the book I interviewed Paloma Picasso and she mm, mentioned which was incredible right and she mentioned that she was quite shy and that she wore it almost like a shield she felt that if she wore the red lipstick people would feel that she was confident even when she wasn't yeah right that's... and i think that for many women when they put it on they do feel like they have their armor on yeah i even yeah. feel that with my like super sheer lip balm yeah, you know totally. stain just cuz i feel like when i'm putting it on i'm I know something, you know, looks good on me and yeah. I, I'm, you know, sort of taking care of myself in that way really quickly. And like, I know a secret. Yeah, even that's though, right. You know, it's and like, even the ritual of doing it makes you feel sort of like good. in yourself yeah. and good. Grounded. That's yes. true. That's right. The ritual is amazing. And I do think it's a, the last thing that a lot of people do in, for their makeup routine. And so it does feel like that perfect finishing touch. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's not, you know, it's not like covering up under eye circles yeah right. <laughs> where you're like right. trying yeah. to fix it's something like that's broken right. you know like it, it's it's it, you're just like i know this and this is a pretty color and i'm gonna look good you exactly. know like, <laughs> exactly there's no like i hope this looks okay <laughs> <laughs> how do you take it off well, I'm less good at taking it off than putting it on. I do tend to leave remnants everywhere, like on my white sheets, for example. Uh-huh. Sometimes they look a little bit like a crime scene. So, uh, but I use or it a very m- torrid affair. Yeah. Or a very torrid affair, exactly. <laughs> I tend to, when I'm using, like when I'm cleaning my face, not trying out something, but when I'm just cleaning it for my own cleaning, uh, I tend to use a balm cleanser. Mm-hmm. And I find we make that- one of those a goop. 
You do, and I <laughs> and I find that the balm cleanser does take it off quite well. Huh. And actually, because of the oil content, it leaves your lips nice and moisturized as yeah. opposed to dried Strong out. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So I find that's pretty effective. But that's if a good you, tip. Yeah, but if you really like, if you're if you're having an affair and you can't leave any red on the white sheets, I would suggest doing some version of the exfoliation and really like taking it all taking off. Taking it really yeah. off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're making out, you know, and you're, you're, you know, you're like, okay, a little lipstick is getting here or there. What if things get a little more heated? What if, let's, let's put it as when, when, joyously, they get more heated. I think you're asking the inevitable blowjob and lipstick yes. question. I'm asking the blowjob Let's question. just go there. Okay. So so I have often joked the only two times in my life I'm not wearing red lipstick are after a lot of vinaigrette or after a blowjob. Because it's hard so for it to stay vinaigrette on. Vinaigrette yeah. and a blowjob. I love that. Right. And it, it does literally leave its mark. But you usually have been kissing beforehand. So right. it's pretty darn impossible to leave on all the lipstick if you're given a good blowjob. That's just the way it goes. So you better trust that guy. Okay. okay. Yeah. Good advice. <laughs> and you'll, Or bring your makeup remover with you yeah. for the guy. Well, you bring the wipes, <laughs> and, then, the wipe. and then you never leave the house without a tube of lipstick. Yeah. I mean, the important mm-hmm. thing to never forget is you always want lipstick in your pocket, in your purse, whatever. Keys, phone, lipstick, those are the essentials. So if you do end up in an amorous moment, you're prepared to regroom yourself. To do the walk of shame yes. later. Exactly. Not looking like you're doing the walk of shame. Exactly. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Do very useful advice, right? Honestly, if you're having yeah. an affair, this is what you do. Yeah. Keep that in mind. Yes. <laughs> you want to know. Yeah. What do you think about matching your lipstick to your outfit? Right. I mean, cheesy or cool? Well, I personally think it's kind of cheesy, although I wear, red, <laughs> I wear red every day. So if I wear a red dress, it's matching the lipstick. Actually, sometimes if I'm wearing a red dress, I do try to switch it up a tiny bit. I mean, I'm always wearing red lipstick. I don't wear any other color. Ooh. But if I'm wearing a burgundy dress, I'll go for something that's not burgundy in terms of the lip color. Right. And if to be I, different. To be different. And if I'm wearing an orange dress, I would never wear an orange red lipstick. I would wear something bluer okay. on purpose. Or even maybe slightly browner on purpose. I mean, it just looks forced to me. Okay. I yeah. don't yeah. I I don't like to match the shoes to the dress either. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So it's kind of the same thing. Okay, okay, what about the cheeks? Sometimes like, you know, you take makeup uh-huh. artists will tell you take a little lipstick and and dab it on the apples of your cheeks and kind of give yeah. yourself a little color do you well, do that well i i like to only do lips so i don't actually wear cheek color ever yeah, anyway. but if i was going to i would say that like a crimson red cheek is a bit much so <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that would like, be my uh, advice yeah the yeah. what's her name in uh, wild at heart remember that movie when she yes. puts the lipstick all over her face <laughs> you're right there is kind of a crazy like there it it certainly is often used as like you know if if Lipstick is awry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sort of a like, something's a wrong with this person. Well, yeah. yeah. And in in the history of makeup, there have been eras which red lipstick has have been has been very shunned upon because mm. it was associated with prostitutes or it was oh. associated with craziness, witchery. Mm. And my theory is as follows. Now, I keep calling it lipstick, but the first lipstick wasn't until 1884. Oh, so really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Guerlain invented the first lipstick in 1884, yeah. And it was red. And it was red, yeah. But, I mean, lipstick was red until yeah, right. okay. basically with different iterations 
50, late 50s, early 60s, really? like the first juncture at which lipstick was very much not red was kind of mid-60s twiggy era, that look. Yeah. But think about, even though some of these images are in black and white, think of like I Love Lucy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. like women were expected to be perfectly made up and when their husband came home from work, yeah, have the martini and the slippers right. and the perfect lipstick, you know. So... Prior to 1884, I'm calling it lipstick as we're chatting, but it was really just lip coloring. And lip coloring came in a tub, and you would do it in private. You would do it in your boudoir. And so personally, I think that's some of the reason why it's had this connotation in some periods as being demonic because women would look plain-faced and they'd go in a secret room and nobody would see them. They'd come out. They'd be like, va, va, boom. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that was scary to men, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And one of the women that really popularized lipstick for the masses and lipstick in general, actually, and this is in the book, was Sarah Bernhardt, the actress. Mm, yeah. She was kind of like the Kim Kardashian of her era. She was mm-hmm. very public and she would do things that were kind of edgy and people would pay attention and talk about them. Yeah. And she used to put on her lipstick at the dinner table. And people thought that and was, that was like And people gauche. thought that was like, oh, it was gauche, <laughs> except she would look so good after it. It was like that thing where you were, you'd say, oh, that's really gauche, but actually, what a good that's idea. Cool. Yeah. And it started to catch on. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, well, yeah. it's an amazing book. Thank Everybody you. should get it. Yeah. <laughs> and... Are you planning to do – do you have a next book about a different kind of makeup or are you not there? <laughs> <laughs> well, my red lipstick book is book number five and there are touches mm. of makeup in the prior four books in different ways. I haven't really planned the next book yet. I gotcha. The nice thing about this book is it's quite – gifty. Like my Mm. goal was to make it substantial, but beautiful. I didn't want to do some trivial little, you know, I wanted it to be, to feel like there were tons of facts in there. You did your research. I really did. Right. It is beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. (laughs) You've sold me on trying red lips. Yeah, we're going to do it. I'm going back to Kosas. I'm going to make it happen. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Thank you. Thank Thank you. That was amazing. She totally surprised me. I thought I wasn't that interested in lipstick. I love how it's this essential part of her identity, how she saw people like Debbie Harry and was like, oh, okay, I'm finding my place in the world for myself. That's what real style Mm -hmm. is. It's about making yourself happy with who you could be. I had no style beauty-wise at that age. All I cared about was covering my zits and curling my hair in some heinous 80s role. <laughs> I cared about making myself look slightly dingy with vintage clothes that my friends and I would go buy down on St. Mark's Place. And I cared about camo. I want camo everything. I still uh, do. You still do. Yeah. <laughs> and beauty-wise, well, I, like a lot of black women, I chemically straightened my hair, which I started to do at age 10 and didn't stop till I was like 26 or 27. And the amount of toxic chemicals in chemical straighteners is just awful. I wrote an article on Goob called When Your Hair is Killing You. And if you want to be shocked, read it. You have so much personal style, though. I can only imagine you in high school. I know every girl in your school was copying you and wishing they could put themselves together half as well as you. The Megan style is a thing. I mean, your neon green veil at your gorgeous barefoot wedding. Like, look that up on Goop. It's like, I, that was before you even worked at Goop. And I was like, we have to use this picture. Okay, and I don't, I don't think you know this, but for my wedding day, I was seriously considering 
wearing green lipstick. Oh my god! I know, which I'm happy I didn't do. But at the time, all these cool women, like Rihanna, was wearing green and like blue lipstick, just out and about casually, like wearing green lipstick to the grocery store. Oh. And I just thought it was so cool. And you know, there's definitely something so definitive and confident about a bold lip. What's your favorite lip color? I love red on other people, but I look awful in it. I do. I long ago I was working at a magazine at L magazine uh-huh. and a lipstick company sent 40 different shades of red lipstick in this long it looked like they looked like bullets and I was like every day I'm going to try a different color until I find the perfect color for 40 days I'd be like put it on and I'd walk around the office and everybody'd be like yeah that's not the one you didn't and find it 40 40 different reds never found that it didn't happen I do have two lip options for myself, and I love them both. They're not red. One is Kosas lipstick in rose water. It's this, like, slightly heightened natural-ish pink that's really, like, the your lips but better color on almost anyone. Yeah. I, I put it on. I dab a bit on my cheeks also, and people will be like, what did you do? Did you get your makeup done? Did you just get a haircut? Like, it really is – and I, we see it on other people in the office, uh-huh. the rose water, and it, like – it does the same thing. It just makes you look like you did something. Yeah, and you've yeah, you've put that on. I've been like, did you get a haircut yeah. or like, what did you do? <laughs> and then the other the other lip situation, which I love because I can really do it without looking, is this sheer hot pink, which sounds crazy that you, that hot pink would be your supernatural color. But I learned this tip from makeup artist Dick Page. He's the man who put Vaseline on Kate Moss's eyelids back in the day of grunge and electrified oh, the entire love world. That. Anyway, Dick says a a bit of bright color on your face and you'll need a whole lot less makeup. The French melon hot pink color of the lip balm that's from Olio et Asso, it's on our site, it's this super bright but super sheer and it just wakes up your whole face and it looks like you did nothing. It's magic. It kind of works on everyone and you can do the same like lip and cheek and really you don't even have to look in the mirror. Okay, I yeah, that one is amazing. I have another version of that where it's just like you put it on and you look like you haven't been sitting at a desk all day, like hunched over a computer. I and know it's it. the, Yeah, <laughs> I wear it freaking every day. The Bombyard Beauty Lip Tint, like it looks super dark in the pot, but it just goes yeah, like on. Blackberry. It, it looks, yeah, it's just the prettiest, sexiest flush. I love it. I put it everywhere. Don't I put it on my put, nose. Yeah. yeah. You told me that and I was like, you put like I color do. on the tip of your nose. It just makes me look like I've come back from vacation. Which is what we all want. Yeah. Well, we want to still, we want to be actually on the vacation. But that's another story. <laughs> Second best. <laughs> it's kind of the ultimate magic trick. Oh, but also a magic trip is like, you know, going for a run or going to a yoga class and then you just like exude that kind of glow. That, you have a crazy story about that, I feel well, like. Well, I have a – like I have done yoga. I go to Jivamukti Yoga. It's really intense. So you are, you know, super, yeah. super flushed and everything afterwards. And I've gone to events and like famous makeup artists have been like, who did your makeup? And I'm not wearing makeup. I believe it. And also, because I sort of noticed that that was happening, I I used to do a yoga class before going on a date, and that that I did that before I met my boyfriend. Oh my and God. and he was kind of shocked. Like when I, I he was like, "What were you doing?" And I was like, "Oh, I was just a yoga class." And he's like, "You went to a yoga class before our date?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I it's a it's good for a lot of things. Mind. I bet you looked glowy. Well, yeah. who knows? It something something happened. <laughs> I, I love that story. Yeah, I've seen you after yoga, and your hair is just, like, wild and beachier, and, yeah, you always look so glowy. Mm. I, I went to yoga this morning, and I just bound out of there, like, so happy. And there's no shower, so I wipe myself down with face wipes, and I'm just secretly sweaty all day. But I love it. You never look sweaty. You just glow. And I have this potentially 
gnarly theory that when you sweat from yoga, it isn't the same, like sweating because you're nervous. Totally. My boyfriend calls this and all my other crazy theories Gene University, but I think it's true. <laughs> I think it's okay, true now, too. beauty questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah beauty, beauty questions. questions. <laughs> Got to get away from Gene University. Yeah, let's answer some beauty questions. If you've got a question you want us to answer, just send it over to Goop on Instagram or Facebook. And ask us anything. Our beauty magic tricks, yoga, why lipstick on your cheeks is a great idea. Or anything else. Now, today's question. So Veronica has a question for us. She wants to know, do facials really work? How often should I get them? I think facials change my skin. I have, I know, big statement, but (laughs) I get acne, I get blemishes, and I feel like I really need that level of a detox. Like I Mm. love extractions. Mm -hmm. I love how they feel. You love them. Don't do them at home because, you know, I mean, we all do them sometimes, Mm -hmm. but I really, I love going to someone who knows what they're doing, Mm -hmm. not just me, like squeezing in front of a mirror. Yeah. And I find that my, if I get regular facials, which is once a month, if I'm in a dream world. Once a month? In a dream world. Okay. If if I had unlimited time and unlimited money. (laughs) You work at Goop, you've got unlimited time. (laughs) Right. Of course. (laughs) All the time. But, but ideally, I would get them once a month. And I find that when I do get them on, once a month, my skin sort of persists being good for for a long period of time. So it sort so of like good. buys me time between breakouts. Do you have a favorite place to go? Oh, I have a few. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I love going to Naturopathica, the mm. one in Chelsea. Oh, I love that place. I love it. You just walk in. There's like a skin tonic bar. They have amazing like skincare too. Yeah. Amazing products. SPF. All good. And like you, the, the back is so nice. It's like dimly lit. There's a meditation room. And don't they have like juices and stuff in the front? Yeah. yeah they have I love all that this, place. All these tonics. Love Naturopathica. And I, I love this woman named Dale. She's known as the skin, the goddess of skin. She's on the Lower East Side. She also goes to L.A. for half the time. And she has, like, <laughs> microcurrent gloves she uses. Whoa. So you get this, like, intense face massage with the microcurrent gloves. So you're getting this, like, lifting effect, like, ultra-lifting toning effect. Whoa. And then she also does, like, kick-ass extractions. extractions. And I leave just, like... So like gleaming to Brooklyn. So good. Yeah. See, I'm such a weirdo. I'm like, I don't like facials. That's because you don't need them. But you don't have like acne. I totally had acne until I became old. No. (laughs) Yeah, you're so old. You're like, that's crazy. Your skin is just, you don't need a facial. Well, what I will say about facials is I would always rather get a massage. I love massages. So like if I'm going to go to a spa, I like live for a massage. Except if it's Tammy Fender. Oh. Like she, getting a facial from her is like having a full, like, I don't know. You get reflexology while you're doing it. She oh uses essential God. oils that are like time to what, what you need right then. And she can tell you kind of all about herself. That I've, and I I got one. Oh my God. <laughs> um, I got one the first time I got a facial from from her. She's in Palm Beach and I was there for work. So yeah, this was the, the one facial that actually made a difference for me. So I, you know, begrudgingly went to this thing and I was very late. I had to just jump on a plane afterwards. And uh, I had the facial and it was transcendent. I really felt like a new person when I came out, just not just like great skin, but like I felt transformed. And I, you know, I run out afterwards and go to the airport and it's like I get in the airport and it's like crammed with people. I'm in the TSA line. It's like babies are crying. It's, you know, a whole pandemonium, as we all know. And I get up to the TSA man and he like looks at my ID (laughs) and then he looks at me and he looks at me and he's like, 
ma'am, can I just say that you are glowing? Your skin looks incredible. Oh and my I was God. like, okay, Tammy Fender is a great facial. <laughs> That's like the ultimate because TSA people can be quite surly. Well, yeah, they they don't have time. They don't have looking time. at your skin. There's no time. You know, um, That's so, amazing. And so, it was a man. It was, yeah. So I just, they don't um, yeah, I do think, I guess a facial can make a difference, but I'm too lazy. And <laughs> like, I, unless it's somebody like Tammy, I, I just, I want to do it at home. And luckily we have this new, we have this new, the Goop Glow peel pads. Oh, it's amazing. Th- this is the best facial of all time. You swipe it on your face before you go to bed and you wake up the next morning and wash your face. It's perfect for and lazy people. You're like, like totally, Eugene. yes, you're like exfoliated. <laughs> it's all done. I don't yeah. need some person like clucking over my skin and telling me how bad it is. I can just do it at home and like, it really makes a difference. It's too. really it's, spectacular. So, so that's my... Our two cents for Veronica. (laughs) That's our two cents for Veronica. Get Goop Glow peel pads or once a month facial. Or an incredible facial. Or both. (laughs) Thanks again for joining us on The Beauty Closet. You can learn more about our new podcast series at goop.com slash beautyclosetpodcast. We hope you'll come back next Wednesday for our next chat. And in the meantime, just tap subscribe to keep up with new episodes. If you're liking what you're hearing, please rate and review the podcast and share it with a friend. Talk soon.